Welcome to the Success Road Podcast. This is the podcast where we meet at the intersection of your life and take decisive action to move onward toward higher levels of success, whatever that means for you. My name is Joshua Rivers from podcastguymedia.com, and I'm taking you on this journey. Now, today I'm talking with Elizabeth Sherman, who is a life and weight loss coach. And while she's been on the show, International House Hunters, which is really, really cool. And she also plays roller derby, but that really, I don't know, maybe that plays into what we're going to talk about because she's here to talk about our health and being able to build habits to be able to support our health at the same time. So thank you for joining us today, Elizabeth. Thanks for having me, Joshua. That's hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe kind of an aside, kind of give the listeners a little bit of background behind the scenes. My wife and I love watching HGTV and uh-huh. we don't have cable, so we don't get the show on a regular basis. But when we go like in hotels and things like that, that's normally the TV station that we're tuned to. And so we love being able to watch House Hunters and House Hunters International. And we have fun really being able to enjoy that. I'm not sure if we've seen the episode that you were on, but I'm going to make sure to go and look that up. It's actually on my website. You can find it without commercials. Ooh, that's even better. It was fun. Yeah, I know. It's 22 (laughs) minutes. Well, excellent. So that kind of jumpstarts a little bit into where you are. You're actually have moved to Mexico. Definitely exciting. And I'm sure that's going to play into your story. And as we go forward here, but I want to go back to when you basically had a wake up call when it came to an incident with your mom. So can you take us back to that point where you were and how that impacted you? Yes. I was actually in corporate America. I was an executive for a software company and I was doing just a ton of travel. My mom had been in remission for breast cancer for about five years. She was taking a drug called tamoxifen that was supposed to prevent the disease from coming back. She had been cleared. And five years to the day, pretty much when she was supposed to go off of the drug, her cancer came back. I was doing just a ton of traveling at that point and seeing her battle breast cancer, the disease, and seeing the disease like really just deteriorate her body and just her spirit really made me fear it enough that when she did pass away, it was a wake up call for me. Like, how do I prevent myself from getting this disease? And so I started doing a ton of research. And previously, a few years before, I had decided that I was going to start going to the gym. And, you know, like most of us, I was really not consistent in my habit. I had decided that at one point that I was going to be a vegetarian because I was traveling and I didn't want to gain any more weight than I already had. And being vegetarian was like the only way that I knew to kind of limit or maybe add vegetables. It was the thing that I knew that I should do. And so I was already taking some steps towards having a better health. But once she had passed away and I started researching, you know, what, how can I not get breast cancer? That's when I found out how much being overweight is a huge risk factor for all sorts of diseases, not just cancer, but also heart disease and diabetes and all of these other, you know, terminal diseases. And so that was really, yeah, the wake up call that I had where I decided to 
pursue this more seriously. Yeah, very interesting. I think a lot of the stories that I hear about people that they have some sort of incident like that, that it's just this really big wake up call. And sometimes it's a family member or friend, or sometimes it's personal. And it's really interesting the different things that happen. And so for me, I've shared a little bit on the podcast here how for me just recently, I had a sleep study. My wife has complained about my snoring for years and she had concerns that I had sleep apnea, but we never really did anything about it. And I did a sleep study and found out in the six or seven hours that I was sleeping, I actually stopped breathing almost 300 times. Wow. And I know my weight has a lot to do with it. So it's like, okay, I got to do something. And so that was the big wake up call. I'd already started to make a decision that I need to lose weight and things like that just prior to this. But that's like a really big wake up call where it's like, okay, basically every time I go to sleep, I literally could die. So yeah, it's really interesting to hear what it is that kind of triggers people to really get serious and make a change in their life. And of course, that means that we need to change habits because usually for us, we have spent years developing and reinforcing bad habits, which led to us being in the unhealthy situations we're in. And so looking at the idea of habits and building habits, let me back up here. So how has your view of habits and specifically making lasting habits, how has that changed for you over the years? Yeah. You know, it's funny. So as I had mentioned, I was an executive for a software company and I decided to make myself healthier and I was feeling kind of like a midlife crisis, although I was probably, I think I was like 35 at the time. And I was, uh, yeah, working for this software company. I was helping car dealerships with leads. And I was like, how am I making the world a better place? This doesn't make any sense. And so I went to a psychologist, probably more as a life coach than anything, uh, just to help me figure out, you know, my, my direction. And she had suggested that I become a wellness coach. And I was like, oh, I could totally do that. And so I got all of my certifications together and for nutrition as well as personal training. And what was interesting was because I was in high tech and this was in 2001, 2005, sorry, I got laid off right after I had gotten all these together. So it was like kismet that the universe was telling me, okay, now go off and, you know, help people. And so I look back at that version of myself and all she was thinking was, all we need to do is know what to do and what not to do. Once we know that we should be exercising and how to exercise, and once we know what we should be eating, then everything else is easy, right? It was really confusing for myself, as well as working with my clients, that I would tell them what to do, and some of them would do it, and some of them wouldn't. And you know, even for myself, my exercise was still kind of touch and go and my eating really wasn't on point either. And it really made me question like, what is it? How do we develop long-term habits or this lifestyle that we choose to have? Like what makes me want to, you know, eat all the cookies or what makes me decide that I really don't need to exercise today when I had told myself that I was going to before. And so I started off, you know, just thinking that it was knowledge, that all we needed to do was know what we needed to do. And then I kind of got into habits that 
what we could do is then create good habits that would allow us to support our lifestyle. But even then, you know, my exercise habit didn't actually click until I ran a half marathon. I had actually been a bodybuilder before that. I had competed in a bodybuilding competition uh, just around the time that I had switched careers. And even after that, I wasn't consistent in my exercise habit. But once I did my half marathon, it was funny. I remember crossing the finish line and all of a sudden I felt this rush of emotion and I even cried because it was like, oh, now I feel this accomplishment and now I feel like I'm an athlete. And what happened, I think, in that moment is that my identity shifted and I identified myself as an athlete. And from that point forward, my exercise habit just became really consistent. Now, my eating habit was still, I was still kind of struggling with that. I was still doing a lot of what we call fake foods. So like, well, I would go out and buy protein bars that tasted pretty much like candy bars. Mm -hmm. And here's a pro tip for everyone that if it tastes like a candy bar, it probably is a candy bar. <laughs> <laughs> and you can wrap it up and call it a protein bar. You can call it healthy, but you know, quite honestly, if you know, marketed as this great tasting thing, food manufacturers really just want to sell their product. There's this thing called the health halo. And that is that if you make something like healthier cookies or healthier brownies or something like that, that you will eat more because you think it's healthy. That was a trap that I was still getting into that I just kept playing these mind tricks with myself that because it was healthy, I could eat as much as I wanted. And that's actually not the case. They still have calories, right? <laughs> anyway, to answer your question, your very long-winded question, habits are great for some things, but they aren't the end-all be-all answer. And so over the past few years, I've actually even changed my thought process around habits. So what I'd like to do is let's think about a pyramid, okay? This pyramid has, let's say, five bands to it. Up at the top, the very top triangle, of this pyramid is your environment. And so when we want to change habits, we typically tell folks that what they want to do is they want to create habits that are pegged to something else. So for example, if you want to start flossing your teeth or if you want to start taking vitamins, you want to peg that habit to something else that you're already doing. So if you want to start flossing your teeth, make sure that you put your, you know, floss out by your toothpaste so that you can see it and you floss immediately after you brush your teeth. Or if you want to start taking vitamins, you would put those vitamins near something that you did on a regular basis, maybe drink coffee and you would put your vitamins right near your coffee cup so that whenever you drink your coffee, you would automatically take your vitamins too. 
And so when this comes to health, one thing that we talk about a lot is within your environment is make sure that you put your clothes out the night before so that when you wake up the next morning, you have them all ready for you so that you can go exercise or you pack your gym bag the night before so that when you're on your way home from work, you're going to go by the gym so that you exercise or changing your kitchen so that you're cleaning out the quote unquote bad stuff and filling it with all the quote unquote good stuff. And I say quotes because there is no bad food. When we do these things, when we set up our environment, that stuff is great. However, what happens is once stress happens, those things kind of go out the window, right? When we're talking about behavior change. So the next rung down is creating habits. That's what we've been talking about is that once we have our environment set up, then we can create habits that will then support that environment. So those habits would be things like planning and prepping your food before, maybe on Sundays or going to the grocery store so that you have food on hand so that you don't have to order takeout. Okay. And then below that, you have what are called skills. So skills is the third rung down. And that would be things like learning how to cook properly. Or when you go to the a restaurant, being able to find things on the menu that support your healthy lifestyle. When we're talking about this pyramid, we're talking about as you go lower down on the pyramid, those things support everything above it. So the, being able to cook having good knife skills and things like that would support the habit of healthy eating, which then creates the environment of having a clean kitchen. Okay. Does that make sense so far? Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> You're wondering where, <laughs> where is she going with this? And so, I love it. <laughs> let me go down. Let me jump down actually to the bottom rung. What was really confusing to me again, going back to why do some of us glom onto or pick up healthy habits easily while some of us do not? Or why do we pick up some habits more easily than others? So why did I pick up the habit of exercise easier than I picked up the habit of healthy eating? And so that's when we get down to the very last piece of the, the pyramid, which is our identity. And so once we believe, just like the story I was telling you about, I finally saw myself as an athlete, I identified as an athlete. And so once we identify ourselves as a specific type of person, then going to the fourth rung, we create beliefs and values that are in line with our identity. So I created this belief then, once I crossed that finish line, that exercise was important to me and potentially that eating to support my exercise habit was important to me. And so once we have those beliefs and values, then everything kind of bubbles up. And so we build those skills that we need to support those beliefs. And then we create the habits that support that as well and our environment. When so many people are having problems sticking to healthy habits, what we can do is we can actually point a straight line down to how do you see yourself? What is your identity? And then once we can uncover the limiting beliefs that we have about ourselves, 
then we can start to tackle those and really make change happen. I like that. There's so much truth in that, even though I never really thought of it like that before. I love that. The fact that that really makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. It really does tie back to our identity and that can, that really does. And I remember a book, it was a short, I think it was only an ebook that I read years ago called You Are a Writer or I Am a Writer or something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And helping people to be able to grasp that title of writer. People like, oh yeah, I like to write, but they Mm -hmm. wouldn't grasp onto saying I am a writer. And once someone can grab onto that, then that changes the perspective that they have of themselves. And then as a result of that, the actions that they do would then reflect that as well. And I'm just not putting all this together as you mentioned that. So this is really, really interesting. How would somebody be able to work on changing that identity then to be able to create this base then to be able to make these changes in their habits? Really good question. And unfortunately, it's really difficult to answer. So um, (laughs) That's okay. You got two minutes. You know, going back down to the beliefs within coaching, we have something that we call limiting beliefs. And these are beliefs or thoughts that really get in the way of us succeeding in our goals. If you imagine the brain, we actually have what two different parts of our brain, right? We have the rational brain, the part that goes out and creates goals and creates a plan and decides what we're going to do next week, next month, a year from now, five years from now, whatever. And then we have the emotional or the lizard type brain, which sits at the back of our skull, which then basically (laughs) sabotages ourselves, right? Um, (laughs) That emotional part of the brain, it doesn't know anything and it doesn't even care about our future plans. That emotional brain only wants to keep us safe. What happens when we decide that we're going to go out and make changes, we're going to lose weight, we're going to run a marathon, we're going to get a promotion at work, whatever it is, there's this emotional part of our brain that is so afraid of, it's really trying to keep us safe. And so what it does is it basically sabotages ourselves. How it does that is through the thoughts that we think. It can be really difficult to uncover some of those limiting beliefs, but if you can look at the results that you have in your life, you can start to get a clue into what those beliefs are. Another way of noticing if this is something new to you that you haven't thought about limiting beliefs before is you can probably look at your family's beliefs because it's easier to evaluate someone else's than it is yourselves. Most of the time, the beliefs that we have that we work on of how the world works, we assume from a young age and they're imprinted on us from our parents. For example, for me, one of the beliefs that I had to overcome was that the body really was something, a vehicle to get you from point A to point B. My parents didn't really take a lot of importance in health or in sport, which is why it's so funny that I was in roller derby. (laughs) But those things, you know, growing up, I was one of six kids. And so my mom just wanted to make us all not be hungry. There wasn't a lot of attention put on quote unquote healthy meals. Those beliefs that we grow up with are part of 
how we identify ourselves today. Yeah, it's difficult to say, how do we change those limiting beliefs? The first thing to do is to become aware of them and so, and to really kind of question them. And then once you are aware of them, then you can start to change them. So some of the beliefs that we have are about our body. Okay. So let's talk about body image right now. Mm. You might have this thought that, oh, my stomach is gross. Okay. Now, when we have the thought of my stomach is gross, it probably creates a pretty negative feeling, which might be shame or embarrassment or something like that. And mm -hmm. whenever we have negative emotions, we tend to do negative things. We tend to produce negative action. We think that by shaming ourselves, we are going to motivate ourselves, but positive results never come from negative thoughts or negative actions. And so what we want to do is we want to start to change that thought of my stomach is gross into something that's more positive because what will happen is, see, we think as dieters that I will start to love myself once I've lost the weight. And so what you're doing is you're putting your worth on the fact that you have to lose weight. But what happens is when we start to believe that we are worthy, we will start to treat ourselves in a way that is commensurate with being worthy. That statement of my stomach is gross, we can start to what's called ladder that thought into a more positive way. We don't want to go all the way towards my body is beautiful, okay? Because that just is so unbelievable for many of us. What we can do is we can pass through what we call neutral, a neutral fact. And so we can go from my stomach is gross to something more like this is a human stomach or this is what my stomach looks like today or other people's stomachs look similar to mine. And so does that make sense? Yeah. And then once you start believing that, then you can start to move into a more positive. And I, I really don't even like affirmations because affirmations really kind of fall flat. You know, as I said before, they, when we talk about affirmations, we go to the other extreme and they become unbelievable. And so therefore the brain just shuts off and it's like, yeah, I know you're saying these words, but I don't believe them. I don't believe that this is ever going to be the case. What happens then is we feel like a fraud and we feel like we're, we're playing as if, and we never actually get to the goal. Interesting. I like the way that we're able to go down and be able to kind of get to the root of mm -hmm. what's going on. And so I think that's a, a big key in being able to do this. I really appreciate you coming on and sharing all of these things and helping us being able to get to, to the place where we can be able to build healthy habits in our life. And so as we wrap up, I was wondering if there was anything else that you wanted to, to mention, maybe something to, to wrap up to what you're saying, or if there's anything else you wanted to share. I could talk all day about this. So, you know, give me another hour and I'll talk more. <laughs> There's always more to add. 
Well, absolutely. So how can people find out more about you and what you have to offer? You can find me on my website. My website is elizabethsherman.com. I'm also on Instagram at esherman68, or you can find me on Facebook at Total Health by Eliz. And that's my business page. Well, excellent. We'll make sure to have all the those links and everything that we talked about in the show notes for today's episode, which you can either swipe over in your podcast app, or you can go to successroadpodcast.com slash 407 to be able to get to the show notes there. And as we get ready to leave here, I want to ask you to please share this with anyone that you think needs this information. And I will look forward to talking with you on the next episode. Thank you. And God bless. Mm-hmm.